0: All right. daylight and a dollar short. We're back. It's Will and it's Jordan. Load the box Monday edition. The Vikings are coming off another <laughs> nail biting one possession game. Jordan called it last week. I was in the camp of Vikings pull away late for a two touchdown win. I was definitely not, not right on that one. <laughs> um, Jordan was a lot more accurate with his prediction, but here we are again, another Monday, another victory Monday, another, down to the wire situational mastery Monday. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know what to say at this point in terms of what this team is. It's just, it's remarkable to see week in and week out. They get themselves into hairy situations against teams that um, everyone is saying they should beat. And they find a way to come out at the end with another win, another Kirk cousins, game winning drive, a Greg Joseph game winning field goal. It's becoming par the course And it's concerning in some regards, but on the same side or on the other side of the coin, it's it's remarkable to see this team continue to win nail biting games that a year ago, two years ago, they were not winning. So lots of positives, lots of things to to um, break down, lots of things to improve on. Jordan, what are your first sort of gut reactions or what were your gut reactions yesterday afternoon as you saw the Vikings squeak out another one?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna be honest. My, I think the initial thing that I thought as this game was going on was, and I think I said this multiple times to my wife as we were watching the game, uh, this team was looking ahead a little bit. I think. I think this team knows that uh, Josh Allen is on the horizon, and you know, I think that they underestimated Washington, and I don't know if it's that they underestimated Washington. Oh, if it's that this is how the Vikings play football. Um, I have a really good analogy for Wednesday's show that I'm I'm not going to spoil. I'll plant the seeds now. But the Vikings just, you know, they seem to get in these dogfights with teams and they seem to put themselves in a position where if they play better than you in the in the final 15 minutes of the game, like, they're going to beat you. And seven times this season, well, six, let's say six, because the Green Bay game, we were better for most of the game. Six times this season, the Vikings have been in a position late where they're like, hey, we have you directly in our sights right where we want you. You've activated the Vikings trap card, whatever you want to say. And, and and then they capitalize and they and they get it done. So um, I I... I this is, this didn't feel like a game that we won last year. And I think that's a narrative that's going to get beat to death uh, mm-hmm. today and tomorrow and going into next week is all of these feel like games that we don't win last year, maybe even the last two years. And this is actually, I guess, what the gimmick of tonight's show will be for me anyway. Um, I thought that was a Coke Cousins thing that we couldn't do things late in the game when we needed to. My God, Kirk Cousins won a game without a good offensive line. And I think that's the first time I can say that. Like, yeah, you know, Christian Darasau's playing at an all pro level. Ezra Cleveland had a PFF grade of like zero. Like he, he, that was like one of the worst games of any left guard's career. And Kirk Cousins, yes, he had some help from the defense, But Cousins got did his job. He did his job on his side of the ball. I mean, I'm I'm amazed. I really like. I really am. Um, the the QB tracker's gone. The the me hating on Cousins is gone. Don't get me wrong. If the Vikings want to look at the quarterback department, I'm fine with it because Coke is in his thirties. But like, holy cow, man, Coke Cousins. The. What did I call him yesterday in our stupid text? I was like, he's the comeback, comeback king cousins, all spelled with K's. Like he's quad K and quad is spelled K W A D. Like it's just it's ridiculous. I'm I'm amped. Uh, I might not sound amped because I'm still congested because I'm still a little bit sick. But like it's it's just ridiculous. I've rambled about it long enough. um, But it does feel like this is how the Vikings win. Cousins is that guy like he is that guy and i'm I, i'm just amazed i'm just amazed uh, we can yeah. go into a little bit more detail now but that's just my
0: yeah over-ouching feelings i mean it's such an interesting dichotomy from last year because cousins last year was just filling up the stat sheet um, spent most of the season at the top of the quarterback rating list you know the entire year only threw seven interceptions all season. He's already got six this year. Um, His stats were off the charts. He was slinging it all over the place. But the team wasn't winning. They weren't winning these close games. Part of that was inability to execute in the second half. I mean, that Baltimore game, for example, it required a a game tie and drive at the end to salvage overtime. Then even in overtime, the offense couldn't do anything when they got the ball back, just as a microcosm of last year. This year, you know, maybe they struggle for, for quarters at a time. It was probably two and a half quarters of just meh. Yeah. But then in the fourth quarter, you know, Cousins, you look at his stat line, it's fine. But he only had a QBR Q, quarterback rating of like 82. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, you know, Tom Brady out there by any stretch. But he was Tom Brady in the sense that in the fourth quarter, they scored on their last three drives. And, you know, people will the, – the, the typical – um negator of Kirk Cousins, if you will, will look at that game and it's like, oh, the defense bailed him out with, you know, only allowing 17 points, the interception at the end, yada yada yada. And sure, the defense played great. We gotta give them the credit where it's due. But that's how good teams win. Good teams don't rely just on one player saving the day. Um, you know, we we talk about the Bills next week. The flaw with them is they rely on Josh Allen being a superhero. And if they if they don't get that from him, they they might look like they did yesterday against the Jets. So that's the beautiful thing about the Vikings. They play complementary, you know, three way football, if you will, special teams. Um, Kicking has been shaky, as we all know. But other than that, it's been a very complementary football team. And that's how you win games. It doesn't matter whether or not you're scoring 40 or scoring 20. If you're if you're putting together a team game and, and coming out on the top side of the scoreboard, there's not a whole lot to complain about. There's a lot to teach, a lot to coach, a lot to improve. Um, and I'll let you kind of get on some of those things here. But all in all, you, you couldn't be happier with the way this team's executing down the stretch.
1: No, you, you couldn't. And I really want to speak on that complimentary football thing. And look, maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe I'm like beating a dead house. And let me, let me preface this take with uh, and I think uh, maybe we talked about this on the show last week. I can't remember if we did. Uh, a thousand, a million, all of our thoughts and prayers are with the Zemo family. I am not going to badmouth Mike Zemo. I'm not going to badmouth anything that he did. He, you know, uh, we, I've, I've given this shtick about Mike Zemo. Like it was, it was time to part ways, and I, and I feel awful yeah. about what's going on with his family, and I'm rambling about it for too long now. But last season, and honestly, all throughout his coaching tenure, it kind of felt like the offense and defense well two different gangs in the same school like they were you know it was like uh you know the the blood oh not the bloods and the clips those are real gangs i'm trying to think of popular gangs from musical theater and i can't think of any but um it felt like you know in a game like this the defense doesn't keep playing at at an elite level because at some point they look over at the offense and they're like you guys are bums and you can't do anything and we're playing a you know, what's off out there on the field. We're getting you the ball. We're giving you good field position. We're stopping them. We're making them punt. We're giving you chance after chance to do something. You're not doing it. And so then there's a frustration built up because you've built, you know, offense and defense as two different sides uh, pinned against each other when really it's it's two sides of the same coin. And you want your defense to say like, yeah, okay, offense, like you didn't get it done? Okay, here, have another shot. Have another shot. Have an, like like your best friend at your 21st birthday party, they just keep giving you shots and, and eventually the offense is going to be able to figure some things out. And I just feel like there wasn't that cohesiveness. There wasn't yeah. that like I don't want to I don't want to sound like cheesy, but there wasn't that like family atmosphere with the team. Yeah. <coughs> Bless me. And I I just think that that's that plays such a big role. Um, Getting a little bit more into the X's and O's and less on like the the feelings around the game and things like that. Um, I've got the stats going down down below. Um, I I do want to talk about how correct I was with picking my game ball to be Daniel Hunter. And honestly, Zadarius Smith still looked like the best pass rusher um, on the Vikings anyway uh, on the field yesterday. And I, I think that That's kind of what I predicted. I predicted Heineke was going to be sprinting away from Zadarius right into Daniil Hunter's waiting arms. And I think he kind of saw that. Daniil Hunter had an excellent day overall. But I think you got to give him, you got to give the defensive line its flowers. Because as you've seen this defense start looking better over the last few weeks, I think you can solely tie it. Obviously, everybody's playing pretty well. But a big reason why I think it's playing so well is because the pass rush is doing its job. I mean, even DJ Wanham uh, is getting yep. involved this season, and uh, Patrick Jones uh, had that big game a few weeks ago. So I, I just think that there's, I think that they have to be given a lot of credit for what this defense has been able to do. Also, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Caleb Evans has to come in for Cam Dancelo, has a key breakup on fourth down. He was flying around. At some point, I was literally just screaming, like, Holy crap, a Caleb. Like, and it it got to the point where I was like, me and you on a first-name basis now because it takes me two seasons usually to learn a rookie's name. Not when you make plays like that all game long. Uh, Really excited and hyped for him. I I just, the defense really does need to be spoken about. I know, like, I want to, you want to talk about Koch, you want to talk about KOC and, and Dalvin and and all the flashy guys. That defense played amazing yesterday. And yes, it was against Washington. Yes, it was against Taylor Heineke. I mean, it, I, uh, people are going to complain. You just got to let people complain. Well, seven and one, the defense looked really good. And honestly, they had to play one of their players with Washington's secret weapon. They were in a 12-man package with a umpire uh, a official who decided to lay a truck stick on (laughs) cam bynum this wasn't the the official standing there and kind of getting in the way and and it's like oh you know you got to get out he literally was he did this he did this motion at cam and bynum so i don't know i don't know what the hell that was i was livid but i saw some vikings fans complaining well if they don't get that penalty on the field goal, then we don't win that game because our defense gives up points to Taylor Heineke. Well, you know, maybe it's a 20 to 10 game if the officials don't decide that, you know, they want to act like this is Madden or this is NFL blitz and not they're laying out truck sticks. I mean, and I, I stand by the tweet that umpire should be, I keep saying umpire, I'm in baseball mode. That official should be fined $15,000. The same way Harrison Smith was, (laughs) uh, for lowering his head to initiate contact. I'll pass it back to you to, to kind of get your thoughts on either the defense or we can flip sides.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I just laugh. Um, at that, because there's, I mean, there's a couple of things with like that official play. There's all these conspiracy theories going out, right? That you know the refs were out to, uh, and I, don't get me wrong, I do not believe this, but the refs were out to make the game favorable for Washington to make the Commanders sale of the team look better. Absolutely. Um, I don't see any validity in that, but it is what it is. Fans will say what they want to say. <laughs> um, I mean, you talk about a Caleb Evans that guy now can't be not not like you can't say enough about how he performed yesterday. Not only, you know, the stat sheet and the impact plays um, the pass breakup on fourth down, the six tackles, like all that. But the fact that he came out of the bullpen, right. I mean, he came in for a six out save and he, he did the deal, um, you know, for our, you know, supposedly number one cornerback. I think we, we, that's debatable, but People have said Dantzler is our number one cornerback. So to see Evans come in and play like that and make such an impact on the game and in a way, not win us the game obviously, but give us a chance, I think was fantastic and outstanding. Some of those individual open field tackles he had in the run game just outstanding getting his like sticking his nose in there um he's not afraid of contact that's that's no, for sure not at, he
1: was he's, he was being very physical and it yeah. wasn't it, i i know screens are just an extension of the run game but like i can think back to one like to one play in particular where it's like if he doesn't make a tackle on a wide receiver on a screen the wide receiver is going to go get a first down and he just lapped like going yeah. nowhere it was it was yeah. I mean that was a nuts performance. I don't know if that's replicat- or If that's duplicatable is that a world it is now um <laughs> I don't know if you can do that again like I that yeah. was such a good game for someone who hasn't seen the field that much I mean yeah, it was nuts
0: we and we, we did see a little bit of that aggression in preseason right he was all over the field he wasn't afraid then either so I like what I see from him um some of the maybe not so good though right uh you know, I don't think there's much to complain about with the defense. You know, without that fluky touchdown, they're giving up 10 points, like you said. The uh, the offensive line left much to be desired. I think I think we knew that the Washington front four, front five, was ferocious. We knew their pass rush was good, um, and would get home. But the fact that Kirk Cousins got hit what 13 times, and I think he was only sacked twice, which is a marvel. Um, but he was on his back and on his side all day and you just can't have that to win games. And I mean, you said it, he, he was able to perform well enough to get a win in a situation where the offensive line did him no favors. And the other thing that was discouraging, and it's something that I wrote about last week, kind of as a foreshadowing to this game is that I figured that our running game would need to not necessarily duplicate their performance against Arizona, but have a similar impact on the game as they did against Arizona. And they didn't. They, I mean, Cook struggled on the ground. Most of the day, his one big play came on that fantastic touchdown catch. He had, um, Madison was limited in his few opportunities. So really, I mean, it was disappointing to see the lack of impact from the running game, which just didn't help our, our passing game, you know, the play action pass game, the drop back, it was not there because the run game wasn't there. And that, that was a discouraging thing against a, a defense that has struggled against the run most of the season. So that was something that I would have liked to see a little better from, you know, maybe you can pair the two, maybe it's kind of a both and the offensive line struggled in both paths, pro and, and run and the run game. Um, but overall really bad offensive line day, but um again like you said the ability to win games like that is is a skill and it's it's necessary
1: yeah no absolutely i'm actually i'm going to ask you for final thoughts i think that we yeah. should we should start wrapping up um apologies i feel like i got A little heated a couple of times tonight, but you got to understand, this is the best I've felt since last Tuesday in terms of physical body health. And also, this is the best we've been since 2009. So, Will, I want to see you jump up, do a little like St. Patrick's Day jig. I want to see, I mean, get amped get okay fine hit the goodie then like i get like let's get amped let's get hyped well seven and one uh you know we're gonna end on a negative note because we are we we should have led with the offense but it it is what it is we'll talk i'll give some positives and stuff and then i'll get us out of here but what are your final thoughts on the night
0: yeah uh, for me it's it's um you take the win and you move on and we'll talk about this plenty more on wednesday but The moving on is going to be really interesting, you know, facing a Buffalo Bills team that lost to the Jets yesterday in a disappointing performance from Josh Allen, a disappointing performance for their offense. So it's going to be two offenses who both struggled this last week going against each other against, you know, now at this point, you can probably say the Vikings have a pretty good defense. The Bills definitely have a good defense. So that's, it's going to be a completely, you know, it's going to be an interesting storyline Um, we talked about the fact that, um, I just mentioned that the bills lost. The Vikings are a team that like it or not, they get themselves in these close games and they win these close games. The bills on the other hand are not, they struggle in close games. So that is something to look forward to. The Vikings generally are playing to the level of their opponent. If they can do that on Sunday in Buffalo, we could be in for another fist fight. And with these Vikings, I mean, you take it, you you take Why? any close game down the stretch because they're pulling them out. So I think it's just a lot of excitement, honestly, a lot of excitement for where this team's at, where they're heading, plenty of work left to do, but so many good signs. And maybe the last thing I'll say is that maybe the best sign of all is that this is a team that takes accountability and they take, a, they take accountability for the things that they are not doing well, and they're willing to work on them. So um, stri- f- from the head coach on down. So it's exciting. Um, it's a great team to root for. It's a fun team to root for. Just amped again for, for next Sunday and to see what we can do against a uh, Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Will. Uh, make sure to follow Will at WillBadLose.com uh the goat twitter handle uh make sure to follow the show at ltb viking shop unified athletic well i gotta update that logo we're using outdated logos here on load the box um and i got a message about it a couple weeks ago and i was like oh no um and then that's oh yeah subscribe to the youtube uh while you're down though and then i'll go ahead i'll get us out of here uh the offensive line is is what i want to touch on briefly um O'Connell had an interesting quote in his post-game press conference about how teams are starting to see what we're doing and adjust to it, which makes me think that all the Garrett Bradbury love, all of the, you know, Ezra Cleveland, basically all of the interior offensive linemen, they were all propped up by toothpicks and string and Elmo's glue, and the NFL is figuring out how to just blow them over like the big bad wolf. So, uh... He said they're going to adjust. We'll see how, you know, how good he can prop them back up. But I do think that come draft time, because I love the NFL draft, I think top needs right now for me are, like, wide receiver, interior, offensive linemen. You know, like, I think those are pretty important positions to go after. So, um, I, it's going to be interesting to see, like you said, how we hold up against the Buffalo team. To hear our thoughts on that Buffalo game, make sure to tune in Wednesday night. Um at around, you know, 7, 7.15. Uh, and then you can also just find it on the YouTube channel or vikingsterritory.com. Um, final thought for me is going to be, I know you saw it. I know every Vikings fan that's going to stumble upon this saw it. Coke Cousins is abs- absolutely shredded. He looks like Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine movies. He could play Batman today. And it's ridiculous. I did not know that guy. I did not know that man, correction, looked like that. Uh, and I'm all the way in. I am all the way in on Cousins at this point. Extend the extend the man. That was one of that was probably his best game as a Viking in terms of just how he just he was goody man. And not the not the dance. He was like he did he wasn't doing this. He was just making plays and like he stood tall. He got it done. I feel like every Vikings fan, even the ones that hate him the most, that's all they've wanted for the last five seasons or however long he's been here. We've just wanted to see this. And I'm motioning to the little logos and the skull and all that stuff. So make sure to tune in on Wednesday. Everybody have uh have a good Tuesday and then Wednesday and then we'll see you guys on uh on Wednesday night. Uh once again follow Will on Twitter at Will Bad lose the show at LTB Vikings. I've been Jeldon Hawthorne. He has been Will Goodwin. Go y'all.